Good morning. My name is Michael, and uh, as Daryl said earlier, that uh, we are in the last series, last part of the series, So You're Dead, Now What? And um, if you haven't been here, what we've been talking about is the fact that, one, you will die. Um, it's, you know, you can't stop it. You're going to die at some point, and so that should determine how you live. And then we talked about hell, um, and we talked about the realities of hell and, and, and what we know and what we don't. And then we also talked about heaven uh, last week. And, and I have to tell you that throughout this series, um, I think I've made the disclaimer the two times that I preach, and I will make it again today. I don't know. I've never been there. Um, I, I actually have never died. Um, I don't know if you believe that or not, but I have, I've died up on stage many times, uh, you know, saying jokes, and it's just nothing. Um, but uh, for the most part, I have uh, kept my life for uh, 34, almost 35 years now, um, and, uh, and hopefully will continue to do so. Although I long to meet Jesus one day, I just, you know, don't really want it to be today. Um, so I, I, I don't know if, you know, some of the things I'm saying are, are going to be true or not. Like last week I said that, you know, I'll be looking for taco meat in heaven, alluding to the Pat Green song. I don't know if there will be taco meat, and if there is, will it give me indigestion like it does currently here on earth? You know, I, I don't know these things. What I do know is this. I believe in Jesus Christ with everything I am. Every core of who I am believes in Jesus Christ. And because of that, I look at God's word. I believe that this is indeed God's word. And so I look at God's word and there's some things that I believe God states implicitly. And on those things, I do not waver. But there are other things that God talks about, but he doesn't really give you a left or a right. He kind of just says something about it. And so in that respect, I will tell you what I believe in some of these questions today. But I don't necessarily want to say I'm speaking for God because I'm not. Even though my name Michael means one who is like God. That's right. Deal with that. I remind my wife that all the time. Remember what my name means. Um, she says, remember who runs the house. Uh, remember uh, that I'm not. Uh, so if you would, for just a second, I, I want to, what we're going to do today is I'm going to ask and answer some questions that you might have had about death. I'm not going to take questions from the audience because quite frankly, I'm not that brave. Um, yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, David said, you're really going to ask people for questions? <laughs> of course not. Because Daryl's going to be sitting right there going, ooh, ooh, ooh. Mr. Cotter. Um, so what I want you to do right now is turn to somebody who's next to you, find somebody. And, and if there's a question that you've ever had about death, what happens after you die? If there's something that's been, you know, every time you think about it, you don't think about it all the time, hopefully. But when you do, you're like, I really want to know this. Just take a few minutes right now to turn someone near you and uh, share that with them. No, like, I mean, that means like right now. Go ahead. Wow, y'all are really quiet. I mean, seriously. I know death is kind of death, but. Well, yeah, I hope you, uh, you know, maybe thought of something that probably caught you off guard. We don't really turn to one another very often in here and, and talk about stuff, so I understand your hesitation, but come on. We're all adults. You can talk about it. So here's the first question that I have for you Do pets go to heaven? Oh, how many of you had that question? Yeah, how many of you, now that I say that, are like, yes, do they go to heaven? That is a great question. And, you know, really, people are going to be very, very hardcore about this one way or the other. I mean, this is a question that could split a church. You know, if I say no, they don't go to heaven, then people are like, I'm out of here. I'm done with this crocker, dude. If I say yes, they do to go to heaven, other people may, this guy's a nut job, you know. So do pets go to heaven? Well, there is no reference to, somebody's back there going yes, so just move on. Um, there is no reference to pets 
in the Bible. But what is there? Let's look at Isaiah chapter 6, starting at verse 6, if you have it. We're going to put it up there. In that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard and the goat will be at peace. Calves and yearlings will be safe among lions, and the little child will lead them all. The cattle will graze among bears. Cubs and calves will lie down together, and lions will eat grass, as the livestock do. Babies will crawl safely among poisonous snakes. Yes, a little child will put its hand in a nest of deadly snakes and pull it out unharmed. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. And as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with people who know the Lord. All right, there's animals in heaven, clearly. This tells you right there, there's going to be animals in heaven. But are there pets in heaven? Okay, let's think about it logically. How does a pet get into heaven? You know, which ones make the cut? Dogs get to heaven, but cats don't because cats are evil. Some of you are like really bitter about me right now, aren't you? I like cats. They serve a specific purpose, but they make my wife just deathly allergic, so they should all die. Um, well, I like her more than them. Uh, so, you know, how, how would you choose? Because what does Paul say? Paul says, if you believe in your heart and profess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you're saved. I love my lab. We have a chocolate lab, Bailey. She's a smart dog, very smart dog. She can learn all kinds of different things, and she's a wonderful dog, but I've never heard her say Jesus Christ is Lord. I just don't know if they have the ability to do that. Okay, so so how would you decide if, if animals, if pets get into heaven, how would you, uh, only people who, Christians, like if I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, then all of my pets will get into heaven? So if you don't believe in Jesus Christ and you have a dog like Marley, I don't know, that's a wonderful dog. If you've seen the movie, it's great and wonderful and sad. Well, if they're not a believer in Jesus Christ, then Marley goes to pet hell. Yeah, that's kind of harsh, right? I don't know. I don't know what happens. How do you decide the cute, fluffy ones get in? If you wet on my carpet one more time, you're going to pet hell. The, the pretty ones get in, but the ugly ones, the, the hairless chihuahua things, they don't get in because they're just, come on. Anything that yaps doesn't get in, big dogs get in. You know, what do you, and see, people are getting offense by this, you know. What happens, I, I don't know. Clearly there are animals in heaven. Clearly there are, I mean, Jesus in Revelation 19 rides in on a white horse. Clearly there are animals in heaven, but are pets in heaven? I don't know. Look at the scripture, decide for yourself. When I get there, I would love to see all the dogs that I've ever had in my life and just go, yay. But I think there will be other things going on up there that will concern me more. Second question. Should a Christian be cremated? Should a Christian be cremated? Now, this is a question that hits very close and personal to home. Because my wife and I have differing opinions on this. Not necessarily the theology behind it, but what's going to happen If I go first, I will be buried. If she goes first, I will be cremated. See, the thing is, I want to be cremated. I want to be scattered in some mountain stream somewhere and just be food for the fish and the birds and, you know, and just go back into the world. And Jenna doesn't think that's a good idea. Um, So it depends on who goes first. Uh, But this is a, you know, the cremation was a pagan ritual. It was a pagan ritual at the very beginning. And so Christians stayed away from it because they wanted to separate themselves from these pagans. They didn't want to have anything to do with this act. So they separated themselves. They took themselves away from this act and said, you cannot be cremated. But since then, we've moved on and, and, and people are more accepting of it. So what does the Bible have to say about it? In Genesis 3, 19. 
Y'all will get there before I will. Genesis 3.19 says, All your life you will sweat to produce food until your dying day. Then you will return to the ground from which you came. For you were made from dust, and to the dust you will return. You were made from dust, and to the dust you will return. Think about a Christian martyr that was burned at the stake. Think about somebody who is in an accident, in a car accident, or a home, or something that catches on fire, and they're a firm believer in Jesus Christ, and yet they suffer this fate. Think about somebody who is in a war and is burned alive, or burned after death. And then look at the people who we have buried hundreds of years ago. What happens to a body once you bury it? Decomposes. It starts breaking down. We know this from digging things up. The body decomposes. It doesn't stay there. When they, if they bury me, I won't be 150 years from now when they open up looking just like this. As it says in Genesis, from dust you were made to dust you will return. So is there anything wrong with the Christian being cremated? In my reading of the scriptures, no, not at all. It's just a preference thing. So we'll just have to see what happens. Stay tuned. Will people be married in heaven? Ooh. This is one that we were talking about up here up front. Will people be married in heaven? And the tagline to that is, will they have sex in heaven? Ooh, yeah. Now people are listening. Some people just, some guys just went, what? Will people be married in heaven? Matthew 22. If you got, let's see, Matthew 22. Where is it? Verse 30. For when the dead rise, they won't be married. They will be like the angels in heaven. Let's honestly think about it. A guy gets married. He has a loving wife. They have a great life together. Then sadly, she's taken by cancer. He lives his life for five more years. Then he meets another woman. And he falls in love with her. And he gets married with her. What happens when they all get to heaven? Who's he married to? What's going to happen? Wouldn't you like to be at that Thanksgiving dinner in heaven? Wait a minute. I was here first. You know, a little confusion there. It clearly says from the scriptures that we will neither be married nor be given in marriage to heaven. You know, I believe that we'll be, there will be relational connections in heaven. I believe that we will be known by people and we will know people. And, and because of that, you know, there's that scripture in my father's house or many rooms. Um, my, uh, my, my wife and I went out last night and our great grand and great art came over to babysit and great granny was telling me of this card she got in the mail recently from a friend of hers that lives in Dallas. And it said, uh, in my, it, it was that scripture in my father's house or many rooms. And I hope one day that I will be next door to you. And that was kind of a cool scripture. So I hope one day in my father's mansion or many rooms. And I hope one day that my next door neighbor is Jenna. And that I can just knock on the wall and see her anytime I want. And that would be a wonderful thing. But think about this. As it says, uh, there will be no marriages in heaven. No sex. Does God want you to be in a marriage relationship and in a covenant between each other and God? I guess that means that there's no sex in heaven. Now, some of you are bitterly disappointed. Some of you should take this as you're married to get it while you can. Yeah, I said it. I'm married. Get over it. So here's my thought about that. Every desire you have in heaven will be fulfilled. Every desire you have in heaven will be fulfilled. You will be with God. You will be with your creator, someone who loves you more than your spouse could ever love you. Someone who could satisfy you more than anything on this world could satisfy you. 
The question is, will you even care about these things? In my estimation, as you are sitting in front of the throne, no. Excuse me. Here's the next one. Um, There's a couple in here that I'm just going to throw out and and kind of allude to some scriptures very, very quickly because there's two that I really want to get to. Uh, Should we try to contact the dead? Should we try to contact the dead, do Ouija boards, do seances, things like that? There are some definite scripture in Deuteronomy that says anyone that does these type of things is detestable to the Lord. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Kind of answers it, I think. This one's a hard one. Can a person who commits suicide go to heaven? Suicide is one of those things that when you say the word, a sense falls upon the conversation. I'm sure most of us have known someone who has uh, committed suicide. A few weeks ago, Daryl talked about a a story of one of the guys who was instrumental in his relationship with Christ, a, a pastor Um, committed suicide recently. He was a a Baptist pastor up in Bernie. This is a heavy question. There are some who believe that it is the unpardonable sin. Listen to this. About a million people each year attempt suicide. That's up. uh, That's double from what it was a decade ago. One in 15 of those people succeed. And that's too many. That's way too many. In the institution of ministry, you get to hear a lot of stories about people and you get to sit with people through tough times. And there are people who have moments where desperation just overwhelms them. There are people who have moments where they make a foolish decision, one that in their right mind they wouldn't be thinking of. And the statistics show that those who try to commit suicide but do not succeed, over 90% of them, when later asked, say if they had just waited about 24 hours they would not have done anything if they had just waited it that moment would have passed and they would have felt a sense of security and peace and moved on from whatever it was over 90 percent of those people it is not a fun thing to think about it's not a pretty thing to think about what does it say well murder is clearly described as a sin suicide is murdering yourself There are some biblical examples of suicide. Saul, when he was wounded, fell upon his sword. Judas, after what he had done and what he saw happen to Christ, hanged himself. Samson, uh, in order to destroy his enemy, brought down the entire building upon himself and those around him. He committed suicide as well. Murder. You know, sometimes somebody who kills themselves is considered a hero. Like in a war, if something happens and, you know, a grenade is thrown in and there's a danger and, you know, somebody could fall on the grenade or something like that and take their own life while saving those around them. I know if, uh, if one of my children was in the way of a speeding truck that I would do everything in my power, and that includes giving up my life to save them. You know, sometimes when you give your life, when you take your life in certain circumstances, it's considered heroism, an act that, of course, you would do. But what about those moments of desperation? Well, I don't believe that there is any such thing outside of blasphemy that is an unpardonable sin. According to the scriptures, the scriptures nowhere do they say that suicide is an unpardonable sin. 
I can't say that word. I've said it too many times. Nowhere in the scriptures does it say that if you commit suicide, you are destined to hell. The only place where God says that you are are unpardonable is if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit and turn your back on God. That's it. So in a moment of weakness, in a moment of pain and suffering where they feel like, where they are attacked even by by a spirit, is that unpardonable? I don't think so. If they were a believer in Jesus Christ, they are saved. And Romans 8, 1 says this, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus Christ. So in my estimation and reading of the scripture, I believe that if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are with Jesus. Will we remember our lives when we're in heaven? This is one. How many of you ask this question to each other? Well, this is one that I always think about. Will I remember my life in heaven? Quite honestly, there's a lot of stuff that I probably don't want to remember. There's a lot of things that happen in my life that I just want to forget. And those memories that are burned on my mind that I wish I could get rid of, they will be gone. And I will be thankful to God for that. There are scriptures that say it each way. Some scriptures say that you will, that when the new heaven and the new earth are created, there will be no more things from that past life and it will be gone. And there's other scriptures that say, that kind of allude to the fact that you will remember things. If you remember from our our talk about hell, Luke uh, 16, when the guy is sent down to hell, he remembers his brothers. Remember this? He goes, please let me go tell my brothers about you so that they will not suffer what I suffer. So it can go either way. The scripture doesn't say one way or the other. Find your own way on that one. Can people in heaven see what is happening on earth? Can people in heaven see what is happening on earth? You know, that's a lot of, uh, a lot of people say, you know, my grandfather died, my granddaddy, and, you know, I love my granddaddy, and I know he's watching over me. Well, that's a, a great sentiment. Um, but there are times when I wish that he were not watching. Yeah, I mean, that would just kind of be awkward, really. And, and so, can you see down? Well, go to Luke 16 again, and you can kind of read into that. Um, I kind of think that you're not really concerned about things on the earth anymore when you're in heaven. I think that you're in the presence of God and in the face of God and sitting at the throne and your life is just there. So, I mean, scripture doesn't say one way or the other about this one. And the the last one that I wanted to get to for sure was, is there more than one way to get to heaven? Is there more than one way to get to heaven? You know, this is, we live in an age and in an era where spirituality is everywhere. Where people talk about God, my God. Where people talk about uh, ways to get to heaven. Where even Christianity has watered itself down so much so that many of the denominations have a stance. Well, we are just one of the ways. Jesus Christ is one of the ways to get to heaven. In John chapter 11, he says this, Jesus does. I am the resurrection, and I am the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die like everyone else, will live again. They are given eternal life for believing in me and will never perish. Jesus also says what? I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We are guaranteed eternal life through belief in Jesus Christ, and the only way to that is through belief in him. That is the most controversial and most offensive statement that a Christian can make. The only way you get to heaven is by believing in Jesus Christ. 
Some of you in here may disagree with me. When I was in seminary, I had to write a personal theology for one of my classes. His name was Dr. Sprinkle. I know, yeah, I couldn't, you know, couldn't say it with a straight face in there. Dr. Sprinkle. Um, and it, it was a class that he and I didn't, I didn't see eye to eye really with most of my seminary professors. I was much more conservative in all respects than they were. They wanted me to be an academic, and I clearly was not. Um, and, and so when I write my personal theology, did you get the title of that? My personal belief of theology. So I'm writing this paper, which you think would be a pass fail, right? I mean, you think it would be a, okay, you've submitted a paper, you have done everything, you have followed the standard rules of citations and blah, 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 all that stuff that I couldn't stand. And, and, and here you go and okay, you've done it. So you pass. No, it was a graded assignment. So he was grading my belief system which I had an issue with from the beginning. So I'm sitting down in bitterness writing this paper, probably the night before it was due, which is a bad thing, those of you that are in college. Um, and and what, I, what I did is I said this. I said that because of this statement right here, there is one way to heaven. There is one way to God. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I got a C on my paper because of that. I mean, I'm not that great of a writer, so getting a C for me wasn't that big of a shock. But the fact that he circled that in red and put a line out to the side and said, you are closing the door on many people with this belief. My thought was, why are you a professor in seminary, in a Christian seminary? What is happening to the state of our church when someone who is supposedly training pastors is teaching them and telling them that there are more ways to God than Jesus Christ? Yes, it's sad. Yes, it's offensive. But I believe it. I am the way and the truth and the life. Not I am one of the ways, one of the truths, one of the lives. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, what does that mean? You have questions. Well, what about people that have never heard about Jesus? What about the tribe in New Guinea that has never had the opportunity to hear about the love of Christ? What about that precious baby child who was uh, stillborn, who didn't have the opportunity? I believe that God is a merciful and loving God, and I believe that God finds a way through that. But for those of us who have the opportunity, for those of us who hear the word of God, there is but one way. Okay, knowing that and believing that, what do I do with it? What I, what I have said all along in this series is knowing the things that I know and believing the things that I believe, it implores me to go into the world and to tell people about the love of Jesus Christ. It gives fire in my chest to say, you know what? You need to know Jesus Christ. I like you. One day I want to play golf with you in heaven. You've got to know Jesus Christ. Knowing what I know about Jesus Christ and the peace I have found in my life through knowing him, I have got to tell people about it. You know, that's what this series is about. Because really, honestly, I don't know. As I said, beginning, this was a shock to all of you, I know. I've never died before. So I don't know what happens when you meet God. I don't know what happens when you get to the other side. I don't know if there is some dude standing at a gate and he goes... Tell me one good thing you've done with your life. What's the average speed of a swallow? <laughs> Monty Python fans just went nuts. The rest of you are like, what? 
I don't know what's going to happen when I die, but I do know that I will meet Jesus Christ. I do know that I will meet God face to face. Why? Because I have faith and belief in this. I have faith and belief in God. I have seen too much. I have experienced too much in my life. The little girl sitting at the back of the room has shown me so much more about God that I can't not believe. I have to believe in this. I know to the very core of who I am that it is true. And because of that, because I know what's coming, because I know what's coming, I don't know exactly, I don't know the the details about it, but I know what's coming. I want you to know. I want you to know. I want you to experience the love that I've experienced through God. I want you to experience the peace that I've experienced through God. I want you to experience the joy and the happiness in the midst of sorrow that I've experienced through knowing Jesus Christ. Last week, I threw it out. I went Baptist on you, and I did a little revival, and somebody said, we're not going to leave here until we sing just as I am. One person came up, not at this service, but at the last one. And what did I say would happen? Chest bump between Jesus and Moses, right? They go nuts in heaven. When one person is saved, when one person comes to Jesus, and a lot of people will say, well, no one came up at 930. Who cares? Somebody may have been brought closer to Jesus Christ. Somebody may have been chipped away in their worldly walls that they have put up, and they may have let a little more glimpse of Christ come into their life. And that's all that it's about. It's not about people coming up and saying, hey, look how many people I brought to Christ this week. How many did you bring to Christ? Who cares? It's nothing I do. It's about Jesus Christ. And if you want to know Jesus Christ, if you want to have that feeling of peace, that feeling of feeling of security in your life, please come and talk to me. Come and talk to Daryl. Come and talk to Stacy, to Kevin or to Debbie. Any one of us, come and talk to us. Come up here after the service and pray with us. We don't do anything up here for any reason but to tell and teach you about the love of Jesus Christ. To share with you the glory of knowing Jesus Christ. That is what this service is all about. That is why we get up here. That's why the worship team who is coming up behind me right now comes up and sings their songs. That's why we do this. So that you may know the love of Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ says, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Those who believe in me, though they die, will have eternal life. It's time we get that eternal life. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for being a God who desperately loves us. Loves us so much you're willing to give your life for us. You're willing to give your life so that we may have ours. Lord, I pray that for those of us who know who know your peace, who have accepted your gift of life, that you would just spark a fire inside of us. That we would begin not to just hold that knowledge to ourselves, share it with our family and our friends, our co-workers, that our life would be a giant billboard for yours, that all who see us would see something different about us, and it would be your peace. God, help us to share that. And Lord, I, I pray that those who don't know your love, whether they're here in this room or listening online or wherever they are, Lord, I pray that they would open themselves to you, that their heart would open that you would convict them with the power of your spirit, that you would move mightily in their life and they would give their life to you. Lord, I pray 
that you would move mightily as you always do. In Jesus' name.